And good afternoon on this bleak Sunday afternoon. I'm sitting here on the Sub MOA podcast brought to you by Max Ordnant. I'm Tyler and Ray. Hey. And um, it's kind of funny we're sitting here and, you know, we've got a nice little studio set up for our podcast and we're, you know, bickering about if the microphone is in the center or not. I thought it was cute. Um, and then the fact that you have a pillow on your chair. Well, because I'm short. I know. I just, it, it kind of relates to this weekend. There was a certain stage <laughs> where you were like, ah, I need a pillow, ah, because the stage was built too tall for you. and It didn't look tall at whatsoever. You know, for all of you tall people out there, you have no idea the struggles that we go through as short people. All right, we actually have a club. It's called the U55 Club, under five foot five. Um, it's mostly Asians and then the white guy, which is me, but <laughs> so anyways, um, today we're going to kind of talk about chassis and stocks. Um, and what brings the subject up is I recently, I was using a Jay Allen chassis last year and I love that stock. It's really great. It's a little heavy in the back end. And then I was recently, uh, the recipient of a raffle drawing for an XLR MV JV chassis. It's their newest chassis. And they've added some weight to it and some modifications. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it out. Uh, I run different stuff all the time. I have a plethora of Graybo stocks that I just absolutely love, especially when it comes to keeping the rifle lightweight, you know, and the price point is amazing. I also have um, a few other stocks, chassis, some old, some new. And Ray, you're kind of stuck on the, you're a manners girl. Really, you're like, I love my manners. Like, you do? It just offers everything that you want, right? It's perfect for me. I feel really comfortable on it. Yeah? Yeah, and I've been running it since I first started shooting. I can totally understand the need or the want to not change. Uh, but just to kind of touch on this weekend a little bit, you did have to run a Masterpiece Arms chassis of mine. Simply because your 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 rifle's getting some work done to it and getting some uh, some changes made, so you're like, ah, oh, I need something to run. So you ran my rifle in a masterpiece arms chassis. What did you think? Well, let's go back a couple years where I've ran chassis before, or you know, tried to mine. No, uh, it's one that we didn't own. Oh, okay. Okay. I won't tell you what it is. I don't. I won't ask. Well, first day of the match, um, I was zeroing, you know, trying to grab some data, and the chassis just falls apart in my hands. Now we know why you don't want to talk about who it is. Yes. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and then I just, it, just a bad experience. And, and another time I ran a chassis, like the screws get loose. It, it just... I haven't had a good experience on them, and also they're not comfortable for me. You're so polite, Ray. I would call them out. I'd be like, this stuff is <laughs> not working for me, but I can understand where you're coming from. I mean, I, maybe I got a bad one. Maybe. You know? Were you at least nice enough to notify them of the issues you were having? Maybe it's something they overlooked and they needed to make some corrections. Well, there's know, a, there's a big difference between a company who hears your input and does nothing about it, and we've dealt with those, and then companies that say, oh my gosh, this feedback is amazing. We're going to make these changes. But I wasn't sure if it was from them because it wasn't it wasn't shipped straight from them. Oh, okay. it kind of got it got passed around, I and see. it could have been someone 
before, you know, like that, you know, gunsmith was taking stuff apart and just didn't put it together right. I got you. I got you. So currently right now you are trying to queen of last minute, put your <laughs> mousing field in your carbon fiber manners PR2 stock and basically you've come to this I don't know if I would say it's an epiphany but you know this thought process of I want the mini chassis instead so now it's a race against time to get the mini chassis or a stock with the mini chassis right and bolt that baby in there and rock and roll yeah, one of the benefits of running just like a regular chassis is it's really easy to just throw an action in relatively and just go. Except for a stock where you where you have it bedded and you can't run all sorts of actions. Well, let me back you up there. So for all of our listeners who don't know chassis, stock, and some of the words that we're tossing around, why don't you give them your newbie version of what you consider to be a chassis? And then talk about those benefits, because I'd love to hear it on that that newbie level. You know, like just been in the in the game two or three years, and boom, this is what I think. These are the words I'm going to use. Go ahead. Okay, well, um, a traditional stock for me is like uh, something from like Manners or McMillan or like traditional wood stock. Okay, and what are these traditional stocks made of? Uh, fiberglass. Fiberglass, okay. Carbon um, fiber. Some type wood, of resin, yeah. composite. Mm-hmm. All right. Plastic, maybe? Yeah. There's yeah, some yeah. plastic stocks like out a... there that they're plastic on the outside. Mm-hmm. Magpul, is that right? Magpul, yeah. um, KRG, they make one. The Bravo series, plastic on the outside with aluminum on the inside. I'm not familiar with them. So, um, I guess I don't know if I would consider all of these stocks um, traditional. I think you'd have to also look at a traditional stock as the shape. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, it's not just about how it's made. Normally, your traditional stocks, you're going to send them to a gunsmith and have them bedded with some type of uh, resin or fiberglass bedding or, or glass bedding and capture that footprint in the stock because it's just a fiberglass you know thing so you're putting that bedding in there to kind of create that footprint right to rigid uh, make more rigid the action area mm-hmm. whereas with the chassis you don't need those right that's what you were talking about earlier it's just a plug and play type situation yeah go ahead yeah okay so <clears throat> what is Aside from like some of the issues that you talked about of running a chassis, what is your opinion of the Masterpiece Arms, the chassis that you ran yesterday? Because from my side of the house, I thought you were converted for a second. Um, I honestly, I was dreading running a chassis. Um, but I was pretty impressed of how stable um, it was. It, I didn't really have any issues trying to learn that chassis because it kind of felt like even the weight and the length um, was very similar to my manners. Okay. Yeah. So you're running the PR2 manners stock, right? And we just kind of grazed it on you wanting to get 
an additional manners that has the mini chassis in it. Yeah. Right? Now, I can't be 100% sure, but I think that the mini chassis, which is basically an aluminum block that has holes for the action screws and a area for the action to sit, including the recoil lug, is kind of, the stock is molded around that. Is, is that right? I'm not quite sure how they make it at Manners. Well, we're going to have to figure this out and get back to everybody. But I, I'm 90% sure that is how that is done. Um, but that eliminates the need for bedding, right? Mm-hmm. And you can bolt your chassis or your rifle into that mini chassis, but the outside of the stock still looks and feels like a traditional stock. Yeah. Right? So when it comes to the chassis, let's start there. What would you say are, aside from being able to just drop your rifle in, torque it down, and rock and roll, what would you say are some of the benefits to chassis? The benefits to a chassis is um, it's easily, uh, you can modify it easily. Like you have Arca Rail on it, or usually like, you know, the MPA or um, what the NVs from XLR, they come with the Arca Rail already built in. Yep. So it's not something that you have to add on after. Okay. Um, some of them, like they have the M-Lock, so you can like add... Uh, Picatinny rails, if you want, you can add all sorts of stuff. You can adjust the length of pull. So can... there's a lot of modularity. Yes. There's room to enhance or make it more, you know, slim. You know, with a few twists of a screw. Yes, and there's always when there's a pro, there's always a con. And I got the con part where, oh yeah, I can adjust this real easy. Oh yeah, and it comes loose. <laughs> I. I get it. I get it. Uh, I do find that some of the chassis are a little more adjustable when it comes to maybe maybe not more adjustable, but easier adjusted for length of pull or cheek piece height, you know, things like that. You're also seeing that more and more chassis are folding stock capable. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... When we're talking about some screws coming loose or things like that, I really like chassis that are introduced to the market, and every single screw that comes out on that chassis has a torque rating for it. So you know what it should be torqued down to. I can pull out my Fix-It Sticks kit, torque every screw down, and then, you know, I know that you do this, but it's been something I've done for the longest time, all the way back into my Marine Corps days, is marking the screw and the stock together so that I know where that screw was torqued down to and if it starts to come loose, if things start to work their way out, then I will notice that that screw is, is not torqued to what it should have been, you know? So now the listeners will know why you have all these marks on your right? <laughs> I have all this paint pen all over my chassis. It's because I have torqued every screw and I need to know that it's still in the same spot, Yes. <laughs> It's also a fashion thing, you know, blues and reds and whites. I just, I I like America, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, so speaking of the chassis, I ran that, uh, we went to the Arizona match this weekend. um, Arizona Long Range Precision Club match. Just a one-day deal. They're getting so many competitors down there. It's, It's amazing how much support they're getting and 80 competitors, I think. With wait lists. 
with a wait list. And it's it's awesome to see all the new shooters to help them, give them pointers, loan out our gear. But going back to what we're talking about, I ran that XLR NVJB chassis this weekend, right? And when I first got the chassis, my Curtis Customs Action and my new barrel were over at DMR getting rechambered getting you know spun up ready for the new 2019 season right because we got some pretty good matches coming up yeah so i'm sitting there and i'm like you know i'm gonna modify my grip because i want a better grip i want i want a better grip angle i want my hand move closer to the trigger like i'm pulling out all the stops so i made my own grip and it turned out awesome i mean i think so what do you think (laughs) i know i got a lot of pushback on the interwebs about damn that's ugly yes it is ugly but it doesn't have to be pretty it just has to work it works it does work so with their baby hands (laughs) (laughs) um so some of the other things is like you know this chassis is designed for you to be able to add and subtract weight so down the middle of the the forend is a steel rod and it adds some weight to it. I don't know what the exact amount is, but then you can bolt on weights to the side, and then you can put weight in the buffer tube, you know, because it's a bolt gun. There is no buffer spring. It's just an empty hollow tube, mm-hmm. so you can throw a, uh, it's, what do they call it, a mercury? Yeah, mercury tube. Mercury tube. So you put this mercury tube in there, and it provides more weight, and I think the total amount of additional weight is somewhere in the ballpark of three or three and a half pounds. So I got this weight kit, and I got this chassis, but I have no rifle right now to throw into it. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to test it out. I'm going to put all these weights on there. So I put all the weights on. I'm like, oh, it does add some weight. It's got good balance points to it, and it's got all the features you can ask for. It's got the Arca on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's got M-lock on the sides, adjustable butt uh, buttstock, cheek piece, you know, everything. This is probably one of the first rifles I've had in a long time where I've been able to actually set my length of pull for my short body. And you can tell the difference when your length of pull is set correctly because you can get behind the rifle better. But also, if you notice, some of my past videos, I'd have to lift my elbow off the ground to rack the bolt. Whereas when I have the length of pull that I should have, which is about 11 and a half, 11 and three quarter inches, I can rack the bolt and my elbow, my bone support never breaks. So huge difference but once i got my rifle my action and my barrel back from dmr i put that baby in the uh the the chassis and played around with it i'm like man this thing is it's kind of heavy you know (laughs) that's what you wanted I, I, i wanted a rifle that weighed somewhere let's say the low 20 pound area all right i'd be happy with that i did not expect the rifle to weigh 28 29 pounds well your barrel weighs like 20 pounds i I do have a heavy barrel on there so i mean i just wasn't expecting that kind of weight so this is something that i've got to obviously figure out because i tried taking the weight off (laughs) but i have tightened the screws too tight so i cannot get them out i have broken two allen keys I did not lock tight anything. This is just, this is Tyler Gorilla tight. That's what it is. <laughs> Tyler Gorilla tight is really tight. And I took a torch to it. I mean, aside from drilling out the screws, I've done everything to try and get this off, and I cannot get the weight off the front of the stock. So 
I don't think I'm going to mess with it for right now. I think for the Axis Works match um, that Rusty is putting on down in uh, Arizona next weekend, I'm just going to have to be really strong and man up. And I'll figure it out after this. What was that comment you told me yesterday? Oh, please, enlighten me. No, I, you... say, I say so many things to you, I don't know. <laughs> you said, oh, Ray, I know exactly how you feel now. Because when you struggle with your rifle weight and you have to use two hands. Like I said, it's so much heavier than I expected it to be. And it's because I was playing around with all the cool features of the chassis before I actually put a rifle in it. That was my mistake. And now... I am getting buff because of it. <laughs> so Feel my pain, bro. <laughs> now, some of you are probably wondering, like, well, why would you add weight to your rifle, yada, yada, yada. Well, there's a couple benefits to, to a heavier rifle, right? Um, my J. Allen weighed in right around 21 pounds, but there was a lot of the weight in the rear of the rifle, kind of in the buttstock. There's so much going on there with the mechanics and the adjustments. There was a little bit of weight in the buttstock, so it was throwing off the balance point. So with this JV chassis, the MV, the weight is more, I'd say, just past the magazine well on the forend. So when you set the rifle down, it's got a really nice balance point to it. Um, and then weight will offset recoil. So that's why you're seeing a lot of shooters these days going with slightly heavier rifles is they're trying to mitigate recoil. Sometimes it could be a compensating factor where if you've had a if you've got a bad position or you know and it could be a benefit as well. You know, you're in a quirky position, it's gonna be hard to maintain, you know, looking through the scope and staying somewhat on target through the shot. The weight will help you. Uh, but there is a you know, kind of like you said earlier, there's always a con to a pro, mm -hmm. right? So the weight is a benefit, helps you with recoil, you know, all of these things. But then you got to lug this crap around. Luckily for this PRS style, the NRL style matches, there's not a lot of lugging around, right? No. But guaranteed, almost every single match, there is one of those Tim Milkovich stages <laughs> where they're like, unsupported, woohoo, okay? And if you got a 20-plus-pound rifle, you are dreading it. So I've been trying to practice a little bit these unsupported stages just to get my muscles used to holding up 30 pounds trying to aim at a target 300 yards away. I can tell you right now, it's not going well. It's not going well. Feel my pain. I need some steroids or something. <laughs> <laughs> so um, any other chassis? I know you don't want to call anybody out, but you used my Rock Island, or is it not Rock Island? Um, rock Solid. Rock Solid chassis. Um, a couple years ago, I had a surgeon with a proof carbon fiber barrel in there. That thing ran like a champ. What did I, you think? I liked it. it I was, mean, it, it was, was basic. Nice. Yeah, it was very basic, which I liked. Um, it was really light, small. Um, one of the cons to it was it didn't have um, the bag rider part, where I'm so used to using it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it had a little bit of a shark's tooth back there, but yeah. it wasn't very pronounced. And I, I struggled with that at TB, TBRC last year. Yeah. Because um, I, I just wasn't used to running that stock or that chassis. And uh, another downside of that stock was when we were running the hog saddles. On the tripod. Oh, yeah. The hog saddle doesn't close. Yeah, because that, that 
chassis is so thin. It is. I used to throw like a mag in there I just remember. to clamp it. Yep, yep. And we still have that that chassis. Um, I still like it. I still, you know, every once in a while throw a rifle in it and go play and have fun. But anytime you give Tyler power tools, oh gosh, he has to do something with those power tools. So um, this stock, I've had this this chassis since. 2011 maybe 2012 time frame so it's a little bit older and back then nobody was running picatinny rail bipods let alone arca swiss bipods so it's just got a sling swivel to put some harris type bipods on there right and that's just it's too old. It's it's not with the times. You know, their newer models might be better, but this is an older model. So Aren't they discontinued? I believe I spoke with him, and he was uh, getting things ramped back up. Okay. He had some medical stuff going on, and he's back in the game now. So, mm-hmm. uh, But anyway, I went on to, you know, this is, we'll call it a budget um, modification. <laughs> I went on to Amazon, <laughs> and uh, for $34, I purchased a... 200 millimeter dovetail arca swiss camera adapter all right 200 millimeters it's a good size all right it's good it's big it covers the whole length of the of the forend for rail and uh i was like i'm gonna mate this rail to the bottom of this stock this chassis um but i had to uh first drill some holes you know do some measurements now i was in a hurry I just wanted to build something cool and get some type of prototype out there. So I just laid the laid the rail on the bottom of the forend and kind of put paint dots where I thought screws should be. And then went to town with a power drill. And then I threaded each one and then cranked it down and voila. Now it has an Arca rail on the bottom. Are you proud of yourself? I wouldn't show anybody. I probably wouldn't <laughs> tell anybody I did it. But I'd be like, yeah, this is totally Arca um, it's horrible it's not that bad it's well when you're not holding it offhand but when you hold that rifle that rail is very sharp it's not that it's sharp it's not comfortable at get all. out of here mm-mm, mm-mm. you don't know what you're talking about uh, well it's not on there now is it what are those pads that they make that kind of bungee cord around your rifle and give you some padding underneath oh the, i don't know who makes grip? that i know what you're talking about though well there you go for 34 dollars and some type of padding you can easily upgrade your old rifle oh well then you should have just paid the money in the first place and get a a nice one <laughs> <laughs> well there are some good companies out there who make uh some arca rails that you can either inlock or modify um who did we put on your carbon fiber prs we actually we used a mill and we cut strips a channel out a channel so that your arca would fit flush with the uh with the stock yeah it turned out really nice i really like that and it's lightweight who makes that it's from henderson precision And um, I won that up at the JC Steel Match last year. Nice. And um, before, my other rifle, I had a... um, The Area 419 rail. Oh, the Area 419 is a nice rail. But isn't it a little thicker? It's a little beefier, right? Yeah, it is. It's a little beefier. It's a little longer. um... Now, if I remember... 
you could correct me if I'm wrong, but the Arca rail from Area 419 has the M-Lock little ears on the backside. Oh. And I had to shave them off. Oh. Uh, no. Yes. No, that was... No, I think you're thinking about... XLR. There's so many rails out there. Oh my I gosh. know, yes. It might have been XLR. XLR makes a yeah. really good rail, and in. it has M-lock ears on the back to fit into those slots. Yeah. And I didn't need all the ears, so I ended up taking a uh, some type of power tool. <laughs> no, <laughs> I... Shaving that right off of there. No, oh, it was I a hand file. I, yeah, I hand filed it. Yeah. And it was, then you, took, right. you stole my rail. I did. Yeah, they asked me, oh, Ray, how do you like your rail and barricade stuff? I'm like, I don't know. Tyler stole it. And then he lost a barricade stop. Mm-hmm. I didn't lose it. Where is it? It's at one of the matches that we went to. It's probably still there on the line somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know where we had it? We had it down at Gunsight for the major Arizona match. It's gone. But we, yeah. Anyways. Henderson Precision, XLR, um, Area 419. We did put the Area 419 rail on your um, Cloud 9 rifle. Yes. It's all fancily painted by Eli up in Montana. Yeah. And that rail is that rail's legit, right? It is. Um, it, it's really nice because you don't really have to modify it a lot. Um, with the Henderson Precision, you do have to, but one of the benefits with the Henderson Precision is it's a lot lighter, so it didn't add weight to my rifle. Because I'm the opposite of you, I, I'm not trying to add weight to my rifle because I struggle with um, Cloud Nine as it is because it's pretty heavy for me. That's called you need gym time. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But and also, um I really like the Henderson Precision rail because it's thinner. It is true, it's very thin, but there's one thing I want to bring up about the Airy 419 is it actually bolts into the action, right? Yes. It covers up the 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 front of the bottom metal and actually bolts directly into the action. There are some who either don't like it, don't trust it, for whatever reason. They're like, hell no, I've never bolt anything into my action. What is your thoughts on that? I haven't had an issue with it. Been running good? Yeah. Nice. But I really like my Henderson because I'm short, and I like how thin their rail is. Okay. And light. So speaking of modifications, for all of your traditional stocks... It's taken a little bit more effort to put on these Arca rails or things like that. And that, maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but that's kind of the struggle you face with some of the traditional fiberglass molded stocks is that to add these parts on there to be able to use the same competitive edge, there's a little bit more work that's involved. Yes, I would agree with that. Okay. Anything else you can throw in there? I mean, we've talked so much about chassis. Typically, I also find that chassis will accept a little bit larger barrel profile. Yeah. Where some of your traditional stocks kind of have, you know, maybe a Palma or a Sendero barrel channel. Yeah, I've had it. If you run something bigger, I had to dig out the channel. You got to dig it out, right? Yeah. And you know, it takes a special gunsmith to do that um, the right way. 
There's always the Tyler way. But uh, yeah, he probably wouldn't do the Tyler. Well, <laughs> I would, but nobody else would. Um, who did your barrel channel on your manners? Um, the Cloud Nine DMR. DMR. Okay. Um, and my carbon fiber one, I ordered it like that. So you can order custom stuff. Oh yeah. Nice. It's very nice. Um. Anything else you got to add about traditional? Well, I really like traditional stock because it feels good in my hands. Like, it just feels like a pillow. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't, like, I, maybe because I have so much time on it, but it, it's fiberglass, so it doesn't feel cold, you know, when you touch it. So warm and cuddly. Well, that's a big thing for me, you know, because pretend like you're out shooting in the snow or like where it's cold and your fingers are cold and you touch that metal and it's freezing and your fingers get numb. Okay. Well, not about that. <laughs> talking about chassis versus stocks, where would you compare them in weight? Just chassis stocks sitting next to each other. Weight. Boom. Now we're not talking about a chassis that's designed to be heavy. We're just talking about, let's go with, I don't know, pick, Pick a chassis, you know, the I, Masterpiece Arms light. I don't know how the heavy they are. Manners. I don't run them. What? You're killing me. You're killing me. You just ran a, 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 a Masterpiece Arms. Yeah, but that one's very similar to my Cloud 9. In weight? Yeah. Okay. Any noticeable difference in balance? Uh... Just by looking at the Masterpiece Arms, it would make me think that there's more weight in the back because you got all the adjustments, the cheek piece, the length of pull, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No, you I seem did, to I, do fine with it. Yeah, yeah. No, that, like I said before, it was almost the same weight distribution as my Cloud 9. So I didn't have an issue like switching from my traditional stock to the MPA. Okay. I will say that one of the biggest differences between a stock and a chassis, besides how it looks and all of these, is definitely the grip. The grip is, most chassis use an AR style grip. Right? But you can change that out. You can, and you can go with a more near vertical, but you still have this grip where, you know, it's just, it feels different than your traditional stock where you have this you know, this thumb area that your thumb kind of rides across the rear of the spine. Well, not MPA. They do have that vertical fat grip where your thumb rests on the side, right? Yeah. But in general, when you're looking at just chassis and traditional stock, they just have a different feeling when it term when it comes to the grip by itself, right? Um would you say that your hand sits lower on a chassis versus on a traditional stock? I mean, if you think about it, you grab a traditional stock, your hand is like not very far from where the action is. Whereas if you're shooting a chassis and you've got that AR style pistol grip, whether it's near vertical or not, your hand is sitting underneath. I did feel that. So yeah. you do have a little bit lower hand position mm -hmm. and it could be good or bad depending on what you're doing right so have we changed you are you going to 
have more faith in chassis. I still am going to shoot traditional stocks, but I, I didn't I, ask. <laughs> if you shoot. Nobody's questioning that, Ray. But I don't dislike chassis as much as I did before. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I can't wait to let you run my thirty-pound rifle. Oh, I'm not running that. <laughs> well, we got to get that weight off. But you, you're you're. You're on your way to being an engineer. I need you to use your brain power and help me get that weight off. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Have you seen that guy? He's been on YouTube, some pictures, but he's just, he's been injecting any type of muscle builders he can, but only working on his biceps to get the world record for biggest arms. You may or may not have seen that guy, all right? But a couple matches of me running this chassis, and that will be me. I will just have these solid guns in this tiny little body. <laughs> have you tried to leave it outside in the cold? No, that's a good idea. You know, I mean, you you heat it because there's usually Loctite, and you're trying to, you know, get that loose, right? But you didn't put Loctite in it. Actually, so. I was just trying to heat the... I was really, I was just trying to heat the the back side of the screw, you know, the, the actual M-lock that, that grips the rifle. I wasn't trying to heat the screw, I was trying to heat the nut on the back side. But the heat expands. Yeah, well, if I expand the nut, then screw should come out. No, I guess I'm just totally backwards here. What you know, nut? when we're done, I will go put my rifle out in the front yard and let it freeze. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what nut you're talking about. The M-Lock nut. Okay, because I haven't looked at your, your rifle yet. Well. We'll figure it out. Don't we worry. Well, I appreciate you wanting to help me. Anyways, this weekend we had a great time. You learned a few things in relation to your height and preparing <laughs> for a stage, right? Yeah. Um, I... I'm actually so used to looking at a barricade and saying, I'm going to be too short for that. But I usually look at like the PRS style barricades and because I always have issues with those. Yeah. Um, but when I looked at that tire, it didn't look that tall to me until I got up there. And then you're like, crap. Yeah. I was like, dang. Um, maybe next time I can just walk by a prop and see if it's like to my chin then I know I need a bag <laughs> to stand on. Okay. Well, I don't want to get into triggers right now, but another additional change is your Trigger Tech Pro Curve. Yeah. How is it? Um, it's I, a lot wider. I, I, I have only felt it in your rifle. I don't have one for myself yet. But I did feel that it's wider, and yeah. it seems to be flat. Yeah. And kind of set back more. Well, that's why I got it. Versus the other curve, where it's got the ridges in it, and a little more. No? Okay. I don't have a curved trigger tag. Well. I've only had flat ones. Then I guess the conversation is a little one-sided right now. It is a little bit one-sided. Well, whatever. But I am... Um, I noticed you didn't set the weight on the trigger yet. Once you get an opportunity to go out, 
make your adjustments and get your rifle set up to compete this year, what weight do you think you're going to be going with on that trigger tip? What's your well, ideal desirable? If it is safe, I would probably go for 12 ounces like my other trigger. Three quarters of a pound? Yeah. That's a good weight. I like that. Well, we'll get into triggers on the next episode. Appreciate everybody listening. You got anything you want to add? You want to say bye to anybody? Shout out to your mom? No? (laughs) Traditional stocks are awesome. All right. Well, you heard it from Ray. Traditional stocks are awesome. Look forward to seeing your traditional stock at the next match. Again, appreciate everybody listening. Until next time, catch you later. We'll be right back.